Sierra Leone's parliament has been the stage for some of its most dramatic, profound, and downright ridiculous moments. Laws have been passed here. Power has changed hands. Careers have been launched and ruined. Some of Sierra Leone's most famous political figures lie buried in its ground. Sierra Leone's parliament is a striking modern building on a hill in central Freetown, known as Tower Hill. It gets its name from the Matello Tower, which stands at the Parliament building's entrance, a small defensive force which serves as an incongruous reminder of past colonial rule. The sun is shining today. The view down the hill is to Freetown Arbor, which is sparkling with boats. It was in this building 62 years ago that Sierra Leone's national anthem was first sung. When Sierra Leone gained independence, that song captured a moment of history. It was a statement of hope and unity at the uniquely exciting time. In the years that have followed, Sierra Leone's political landscape has changed dramatically with both good times and bad. But one thing has remained the same, the power of the national anthem to evoke the thrilling spirit of independence in the minds of many Sierra Leoneans. I am Charlie Hafner, a playwright, historian, and traditional storyteller. And this is Saloon Stories, a podcast series about the life and culture in my home country, Sierra Leone. This episode looks at Sierra Leone's national anthem. What does it mean to the people of Sierra Leone half a century after it was first heard? Sierra Leone didn't gain independence from the British Empire until 1961. Before that, Freetown was a colony ruled by the British governor, while the rest of the country was a so-called protectorate, giving more leeway but still ultimately under British control. Before Sierra Leone got its beloved national anthem, there was God Save the Queen. As calls for independence grew in the 1950s and the colonial authorities made clear that would happen soon, Sierra Leone scrambled to get ready. There was a holiday feeling in Freetown, capital of Sierra Leone, as Independence Day drew near. An air of rejoicing could be sensed everywhere. Visible on all sides was the joy of people welcoming their new status, happy that they would soon be standing on their own feet. As the deaths approached, the country was abuzz with official activity, last-minute preparations and general rumble and tumble. Soldiers polished their boots, dancers gasped, and lawyers scribbled away at the constitution. Sierra Leone would navigate its future as a sovereign state. The week leading to independence was a festival of traditional performances, garden parties, sports, contests. And finally, at midnight on 27 April 1961, the unfolding of Sierra Leone's new flag. The flag was designed to depict the country's astonishing natural beauty. Turquoise water at the bottom, white sand in the middle, emerald green forest at the top. But one of the most urgent and most symbolic tasks was finding a new national anthem, Gone with the Queen. A competition was launched with all Sierra Leoneans invited to submit ideas. Many of the entries were either too short, too long, or they didn't hit the right note. 
but one submission was perfect. Its words were written by a respected university professor called Clifford Nelson File, and its music was composed by John Joseph Acker, who during a roller coaster career led Israeli Broadcasting Service and founded Israelians National Dance Troupe. The anthem goes like this High we exalt the realm of the free, great is the love we have for thee, family united ever we stand, singing thy praise, O native land. We raise up our hearts and our voices on high. The hills and the valleys re echo our cry. Blessing and peace be ever thine own. Land that we love our Sierra Leone. For me and for many other people, the first line which begins, High we exalt thee, is the most powerful, climaxing at its doors with the words, realm of the free. Lines like this might be taken for granted by people in Britain, for example, a country which has, at the time of Sierra Leone's independence, ruled much of the world. But in Sierra Leone in 1961, this idea had a powerful pull in a country originally founded as a haven for liberated slaves. It reminded people of their newfound freedom. I first started to itch, you know, put my mouth in things. I was writing anonymous articles, you know, about politics and whatnot. This is Dr. Sama Banya. Today, Dr. Banya is one of Sierra Leone's most distinguished statesmen, a popular bipartisan politician, but the road to this esteemed position was far from easy. I found myself, the president, inviting me and persuading me over two years to join his government. And uh, to cut a long story short, I joined the government and uh, again, there's a hard way because uh, my party was ambushed during a campaign. We used to campaign more at night because we were dealing with uh, rural communities. And uh, I got uh, shot in the head. My brother and a cousin were killed on the spot, several wounded. Dr. Maya survived this shocking incident to experience Sierra Leone's independence firsthand. On the independence eve, after the formalities, uh, the general party that went on all night. Most of them, quite a lot, not most of them, quite a lot of uh, my colleagues spent the night in police cells because they, uh, took too, they took too much advantage of the entertainment. Then I used to meet after we home, came back home and I would meet them. I said, remember the independence night? And they say, be serious, you know, that kind of thing. Unlike in other parts of Africa, independence in Sierra Leone passed without violence. However, the celebrations that erupted across the country masked deeper troubles. I was in and out with the politicians, you know, which led to the formation of what is today the Young People's Party. The SLPP, or Sierra Leone People's Party, remains one of the main political parties in the country to this day. It started in Boom and it started uh, what they call the Protectorate Assembly. It was time that the Protectorate people 
made use of their majority, and that created mayhem in the country. The Creoles were wild, and when I say wild, they were really wild. How could they do that? These people up there are not civilized. We have been loyal subjects of uh, the king. Why should we even have this? There is all sorts of language. That was a rough time. Dr. Samad Bayer is talking about something that has shaped Sreilu's history since long before independence. The distinction between Freetown, which was home to the Creole people who descended from freed slaves, Nova Scotians, Maroons, and the Black Poor of London and others, and the so-called protectorate, the rest of the country which was home to many indigenous tribes. In 1961, independence promised to change the status quo, and not everyone was happy about it. Some people in Freetown opposed independence because they believed that it would result in sudden redistribution of power, rights, and resources from the city to the countryside. For me, this is the context in which the national anthem should be understood. It acted as a national binding agent at a difficult and uncertain moment. Clifford Files' words and John Acker's music preached a message of unity, drawing attention away from messy short-term politics and instead heralding a society brought together by shared loyalty and love. Family united, ever we stand, singing thy praise, O native land. When the national anthem was first sung, it wasn't just another pompous ceremony, it was the act through which a new national consciousness, the idea of a single Sierra Leone, was supposed to be forged. Oh, it's important. It's the soul and glue of the nation. It's one of the important symbols of nationhood, one of the important symbols of our independence. I'm a professor and historian Juedi Ali in his study at Forbe College. When you examine the, the words of the national anthem, there are three verses. Uh, of course, it starts by saying, We are a free people. I will exalt the realm of the free and goes on. That national anthem also captures part of our history, part of what I have been saying, you know. Uh, the way Sierra Leone assisted other countries to grow. But even more important is the spirit of patriotism that runs through those three verses. You know, each of the verses ends with land that we love, our Sierra Leone. You know, and of course, originally, what we had, except for the second verse, was land of our birth, our Sierra Leone. That speaks a lot. If you love a country, or even your children, or anything that you, you, you love, you wouldn't want to harm it in any way. You know, you always try and protect it. So the words are meaningful. They are not just any words. They really speak to our development as a people from historical times to forging national cohesion and unity in the country. We have had a topsy-turvy time since independence. 
Sometimes, the ideals of the national anthem seem to be lost. This was certainly the case during the Civil War, fiercely fought from 1991 until 2002. In the end, though not only survived, but grew stronger and louder. Today, in democratic and peaceful Sierra Leone, the national anthem is belted out by school children in every classroom across the land. With as much enthusiasm as it was sung over half a century ago, its spirit lives on. Join me next time as we take a closer look at what happened when a Shakespearean play was translated into Sreilu's language, Creole. This episode of Saloon Stories was presented by me, Charlie Hafner. It was written and created by myself and Sam Williams and edited by Nadia Medi. The executive producers were Sam Williams and Max O'Brien. Mixing by Naomi Clark. Salon Stories was produced by Novel for AfriCell.